Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Can you imagine for one minute that somebody takes an interest in you? Uh, be it an ex or be it somebody that you've never been with before and, and you're not really interested. You say, oh, look, you know, you're a lovely bloke, you're a lovely girl, whatever. I'm not really interested. Thanks very much, all the same. I'm flattered, blah, 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 blah. And then they just don't go away. And not only that, not only do they not go away, but they become violent. They're watching you every single day. They're stalking you. They're sending you letters. They're threatening you. All because you don't want to have a relationship with them. That is called stalking. It's harassment. And it should be illegal. But there is no specific legislation to deal with it. And it is, I admit, it can be a grey area. Some of it can be done quite innocently, but some of it is done quite vindictively as well. We'll talk to you a bit more about it as a young Galway woman who's campaigning for stalking to be an offence and to be introduced into Ireland after becoming a victim in a frightening personal story. And she joins me on the line. Eve McDowell, how are you? Hi, Niall. How are you getting on? Good, Eve. Now, I know we spoke to Una some time ago, and yourself and Una, of course, have founded Stalking Ireland with support of the Sexual Violence Centre in Cork. But your story is a little bit different, obviously, to Eva's. All these stories have a similar trait to them, I suppose, in some sense. Mm -hmm. But tell us what happened. You were your first first year in college um, back in 2019. Yeah, so 2018 was my first year in college. I was in Village in Galway, so... Small enough little community, everyone gets to know everyone fairly quickly. And um, I had some friends that had a friend that, you know, it, it was like an acquaintance of an acquaintance nearly, but small place so everyone gets to know each other. And um, there was this guy and a few people said, oh, you know, he fancies you. But again, he never even really made direct contact. So yeah, okay. just brushed it off, didn't think much of it. And then I remember there was one night um, that I just... I, smoked at the time so I was going into town to pick up cigarettes and I rang my friend on the way and just I noticed him behind me came out of the shop and seen him sitting on the bench outside again that was back early 2018 and you know she was like oh fuck he's probably just coincidence going into town yeah um and then there was nothing for yeah you kind of think nothing of it initially I suppose just coincidences yeah 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 go over to small place you can run into people a couple of times a day so yeah didn't think much of it then um after first year, I, I dropped out after first year, so I didn't see that college crowd because I went into the working life then, but I stayed in Galway. Started working in a clothes shop in the um, Airsquare Shopping Centre and um, then the same individual started coming in and buying a lot of clothes in there. Did he ever make any contact? Did he say hello to you or anything like that? Or? Uh, there was the casual small talk at the till or if he needed help finding yeah. something, that kind of thing, you know? Okay. But again, wouldn't think too much of it. And were you putting two and two together at that point and saying, this is a bit weird, this is all getting not, a bit strange? Or, not or, really. He was no. a little bit socially awkward, but I thought that he was that way with everyone. Yeah. So no red flags, I suppose, then at that point. Um, and then it got to the stage where he was coming in two, maybe three times a week. Um, yeah. And then one of my friends was on Tinder and his profile came up and she seen that his occupation was down as a rep that clothes store that I worked in and she showed it to me she thought is this kind of strange and I was like oh yeah sure he buys all his clothes there maybe it's just a joke yeah again didn't think too much of it at this and point then, you're thinking he's just a bit of a weirdo he's just a bit yeah, odd yeah basically yeah. yeah Um, and then he stopped coming in but he kept walking past the shop and looking into the shop 
and there wasn't much verbal, there was no verbal communication, just like kind of staring as he walked nearly. Yeah. So definitely just noticed that, thought it was a bit strange, but again, you know, um, I just, he was always a little bit odd, I suppose. Yeah. So put it down to that. Um, and then, yeah, it just started increasing, and then there was one morning he was out, I think I was in early enough, and he was outside early, and I kind of thought, okay, I wonder what he's at in town this early. He'd seen him again looking in. And then at 12 o'clock, I had my lunch, and I was sitting telling my friend about it. We were getting food in this place, and then he walked past the place where we were getting food. Um, so I said, can we go eat it in our square or something? And were you, were you, getting, were you getting a bit frightened at that stage, Eve? Did you, did you, yeah, at this yeah. point, I was like, it's getting serious, yeah. creepy, I suppose. Yeah. Um, a little, little bit on edge, but... Again, thought he was harmless. Everyone just said, oh, you know, he's whatever. It's not like he's going to do anything. Because that's um, always what you think, isn't it? That's the last thing you think it. of is, you know, that oh, he's up to something, you know, yeah. he has some sort of ulterior motive. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So we're sitting eating the lunch in our square, seeing him again. But like any time that he'd noticed that I'd notice him, he'd scurry away, um, which I just, I found that very strange. So I went back to work then. About four o'clock, another friend called in. And she said, you know, he's sitting down at the bench just adjacent to the shop there. And he was sitting in a view line where, you know, he could see in, but I couldn't really see out. And I said, he's been around since half nine this morning. And she was like, right, okay, look, might just be coincidence. There's a lot of, a lot of coincidences at this stage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. by the way, did he had, had he ever asked you out? Did he ever say to you would no. take over dinner or anything like that? No, never. No, 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 no okay. nothing like that. No. Um, and then yeah, afterwards, then I went to meet my friend in a pub, and I was telling her, I was like, "Look, this is going on," and then she was like, "Oh, look, there he is," and then seen him again, and he ran out of the pub. Now, a couple of months later, I actually went down to that pub and asked them, could they record the CCTV footage for that day after things escalated? Yeah. And the manager said that they noticed him acting suspiciously. And when they asked him what he was doing there, he said that he was here with his girlfriend and he pointed over at me. Oh, my. Which was very unnerving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, after he was in there, I said, can we move to a different pub? So we did. We got a window seat so we could keep an eye. And then we could see him walking up and down past the window. So he was kind of like, he was kind of living some sort of fantasy where he was everywhere you were, thinking he was your girlfriend or boyfriend. Yeah, 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 basically. And this was like so. Then at half eleven, we went to McDonald's, and I said, "Watch now, he'll show up again," which he did. This was half eleven at night. This has been going on since half nine in the morning on that one day. And um, so at that point, me and my friend went to confront him and he ran down a side street off of Shop Street. And You're a very brave woman, Eve, because most most people at that stage would be thinking to themselves, this is becoming terrifying. So well, we all, we all knew him, like, not well, but we all knew of him. He was our age in the same course as some of yeah. our friends. So, you know, we definitely didn't think what was about to happen <laughs> was yeah. going to happen. But... um my friend went to confront him then and he was, she found him crouched down behind a car and she said, what are you doing? Like, why are you following Eve? And he got up and he just went, shh, put his finger to his lip and he ran away laughing. And at that point, I kind of shouted at him. I was like, you're not doing a great job of hiding. I can spot you a mile away with that beard, which is probably the worst thing I could have said because three mornings later, I came into the house and I went into the kitchen, came on the kettle, came back out into the hall and there's frosted glass beside the door i seen a figure standing there that I didn't recognise and the door handle tried to open, but it locked. Okay. Then the doorbell rang, so I thought, okay, maybe it's a postman or something. So I went over and I opened the door, 
but there was no one there. And there's about 15 steps up to our house. So I just thought, where the hell? Like, what's going on? So my housemate came down then and we went into my bedroom and we were talking. And then all of a sudden she screamed and she just fell back on the bed. And she went white and she just said, who is that? What is that? And I looked down and he was in the bushes below my bedroom window with his beard shaved off, his eyebrows shaved off and his hair shaved off. Oh, God. So at that point, I rang the guards because I just thought, God, if he's capable of doing this, what what else is he capable of? This story is just so... It's like something you'd see in a horror movie. It's just surreal, isn't it? Yeah, you just... No, I just didn't feel like anything was real at that point. No. I was like, what's going on? This is stuff that happens in American movies, not in Galway, you know? Yeah. And at that point, I remember Googling stalking, not being able to find anything, nothing was coming up. I was like, am I imagining this? He hadn't made direct contact with me. Um, there was no information and I found out there was no law against it either so 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 the law basically says unless he actually does something unfortunately there's not a lot we can yeah. really do yeah exactly exactly yeah. so the guards came they said look we'll have a talk with him um, don't worry about it just maybe don't walk anywhere on your own from that point on I was basically in my own personal lockdown unless I had someone with me to walk me places you just feel like a child again. Yeah, yeah being supervised everywhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I went home for a while back to Sligo, where I'm from originally, and um, I just remember there going for walks and just not feeling safe there. I just thought he's going to pop up, constant looking over the shoulder and on high alert and obsessively checking the doors and windows at night and things like that. Um, then when I came back... I I'm sorry, by the way, Eve. I'm sorry for bringing you through all this now and asking you to remember all this because I'm sure it's well, not it's not easy for you to talk about it either. It's important for people to know that this can actually happen to anyone, and it's so prevalent in Ireland right now. Yeah, like that's why I I don't mind sharing. Initially, I, I kept a secret even from people that I knew because I was nearly embarrassed that it happened. But I just think um, with the rise of cases and my realization of how common it actually is, it's so important. And, no, and nothing being done about it either. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, um, yeah, then I came back and the day I got back, my boyfriend at the time came and clacked me and we went into town to go and get food. And at this stage, I had changed up my routes. I was walking everywhere different ways and stuff because I didn't want yeah. to leave the trail. Um, we were walking through the NUIG campus and spotted him again. Um, and it nearly looked like he was going to walk towards us and he didn't. Then he, he ran away. And then we went into town to get food, I tried to forget about it, and came back to the house, and he was in the bush of the house, opposite my house, again, so I went in and I rang the guards again, and they came and they took statements, um, but all that night, I couldn't sleep, just had a feeling something was going to happen, I remember saying... Can, uh, by the way, sorry for interrupting you, but when you rang yeah. the guards at that stage, that he'd been in the bushes, and, and of course they had a history of what had been going on, and this had been going on for quite some time, right, I mean, right down to the creepiness of him shaving his hair and his eyebrows and his beard and everything else, mm-hmm. and, and this kind of threatening behaviour. Is there no law just generally about threatening behaviour? Surely that's... Well, there's a harassment law. There is a yeah. harassment law, but that wasn't even, like... It's a tricky one because the, the Department of Justice are saying that the harassment law covers stalking behaviours but like it doesn't really because the word that's used is besetting and it's a confusing word because no one really knows what it means or when to act on it and you know what the fines are for stalking like in England Australia Mm -hmm. Wales Scotland like you know there's so much information so many services available yet they still are finding it you know it's still as common over there but the services are there at least for victims when it does happen yeah or if it does happen 
But um, yeah, they just, I didn't know the process of anything to do with the law. And there's no way of you getting like a safety order against them or protection order or barring them. Oh, when I asked about a restraining order, I was laughed at and I was, had, I was told that they are something in American movies that you can't get them in Ireland unless you've been married to someone or lived with them for over five years. Right, okay, okay. Yeah. So, okay, so so you ran the guards, you said, listen, he's outside, he's he's in the bushes again outside, the guy I was telling yeah. you about, I feel very threatened, I feel you know, unsafe. And, and mm-hmm. what did they say to that? They said, look, we'll come out and we'll make statements, we'll take yeah. statements off you. So, so they came and they took statements off me and a few of my friends and they said, look, we'll talk to him in the morning. And I remember turning to my friend at that point and I said, nothing's going to be done until something worse happens. Um, and then, yeah, within a few hours, my um, my housemate had forgot her bedroom keys, so she was sleeping on the couch, and she woke up um, nearly seven o'clock, and it was really warm, so she said she'd open the balcony door for some air. And as she was, I was awake through all of this as well. I couldn't sleep at all that night. So, next thing, I just heard her screaming, "Oh my God, it's him! Get out! Get out!" Um, she was drifting off to sleep, and she heard the floorboards creak, and she looked up, and he was standing halfway across the sitting room on his way to my room with a hammer in his hand. Oh, no. And at that point, he tried to hit her over the head with the hammer. Um, she put her hands up and managed to deflect it and fell out of his hands then. And then he panicked, I think, and he ran and he jumped off the balcony um, and the guards found a knife and a packet of Viagra at the bottom of the balcony as well. And he, when he jumped out of the balcony, he sprained his leg and this is how the yeah. guards eventually caught him because they found him crawling around the streets exactly, yeah. with a sprained yeah. ankle. So mm-hmm. he literally could have killed both of you on that mm-hmm. night if it hadn't been for the actions of your friend, obviously, as well, putting her hand up and knocking the hammer out of his hand. And maybe he got a fright and ran at that stage. But he could have killed either one of you. Yeah. Very That's easily. quite shocking. Now, he's denied that the knife and Viagra were his. There was no DNA ever in on it because the grass was dewy that morning so he didn't get prosecuted. But that is approximate release date. Is, um, I just got an update this morning, the 1st of April, 2023. Okay, so he did get he did get a sentence of seven years in prison. He, yeah, well, it, to serve five of those, um, yeah. and then there's always a time reduction from that. Then, yeah, um, and these so, are charges of harassment and aggravated burglary. Yeah. So yeah, not so well. I suppose the aggravated burglary that was obviously the, the night he breaks in with the, the hammer and everything else, but the harassment charge really doesn't take into consideration what he put you through for that period no. of time. No, not to minimise what victims of harassment go through, but it just doesn't have the same sinister obsession, fixation, motives behind it. Because the, you know, if you think about the motivation of someone who's harassing someone versus the motivation, or yeah, what's motivating someone who's stalking someone, it's completely different. They're on two completely different levels, and to not validate victims' experiences and the psychological impacts that come from them. Um, and and to call it harassment, then like it's just yeah nothing short of insulting. And that's why you're campaigning with Una currently at the moment and the Sexual yeah. Violence Centre in Cork to try and bring in legislation around stalking. I suppose yeah. the difficulty is, and by the way, my sympathy to you, my empathy to you, and the story you yeah. told, you told it very well, and I'm sure everybody listening today under actually felt how you probably felt at that time that fear that you must have felt must have been horrific and any man or any woman who does that to a man or any man who does that to a woman deserves to go to jail and spend a lot of time there but in saying that when we talk about legislation we have to be very clear about what the crime is and how we tackle the crime and is it tough because I, I give you an instance I knew a guy once who broke up with a girl he'd been with her for three years 
and mm-hmm. she started stalking him on Facebook first. Then she started going to his place of work, um, and he told her to stop, and, and even the boss had to tell her to go away. Then she started ringing his mother and his friends, and, and went on for about three months. Now it eventually stopped, but I knew it, dro- it drove him nuts at the time. Now, don't get me wrong; that shouldn't have happened. Should she have gone to jail for it? Probably not. Uh, There was no harm came to anybody in the end and thankfully she went away. So I suppose we have to have a clear guideline as to what is stalking and what the intent is. Yeah, yeah. And like in England, they have stalking protection orders. So see that behaviour there that you described, usually what would happen is a stalker would be issued with a stalking protection order. And they might be asked to like, you know, it's called zoning where they're not allowed into a certain area. But there's also benefits of it, like they'll have to attend therapy kind of talk about you know try and rehabilitate them and make them understand what they're doing catching it in the early stages and, and not well, this, is, this is what I said to you earlier on about you know the fact that it was threatening behaviour from the start that mm-hmm. surely even under the Public Order Act if somebody is charged in the early stages of this with under the Public Order Act it might stop it from happening a bit more often or maybe more power should be given to the guards in relation to what you're talking about which is you know putting some sort of uh, stalking legislation in in the Public Order Act as well yeah, definitely. And even for the, like, I mean, it needs to be there so that in England well, and, and Scotland and Wales, what they've seen when they introduced it 10 years ago, I might add, but what they've seen a massive increase in reporting, which goes to show that when it's there, people, people will use it. it. Yeah, better. absolutely. Yeah, and they're more likely to report. Like, I look back now and I think, God, why didn't I report earlier? But any time I looked everything up, I couldn't find absolutely anything. So that's why um, me and Una wanted to create a website, so stalking.ie to kind of support victims or people that think they might be, are being stalked or and as, it, as we're listening people are listening today who are probably in the same situation that you were in Eve um, yeah. or maybe they'll, they'll be going through that maybe in the future and they really have nowhere to turn because unfortunately sometimes and I'm not blaming the guards their hands are kind of tied with you know loopholes and legislation all over the place so mm-hmm. because there is nothing specific to deal with yeah exactly you know where there's transport what would you say though is that you know, keep in mind we are two people that are living normal lives doing this in our free time, trying to recover for, from our own experiences. But, like, if people need help, definitely do reach out. We have as much web information as we can up on the website at the minute. Um, mm-hmm. Just to kind of advise people and, you know... Not so what advice w- would you give if there's a young girl or a young guy out there at the moment and somebody maybe they don't even know or vaguely know is, you know, giving them a hard time similar to what you've experienced, hopefully not with the violence that you almost experienced towards the end of it. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, if they're kind of popping up in places like that constantly, you know, in in a creepy kind of way, what advice would you give them? Uh, I mean, if they go to stalking.ie, I mean, what advice generally would they get to deal with that situation? I suppose, first of all, to identify the pattern, I, I created an incident log in my notes on my phone, so just if I spotted them, you know, where it was, what time it was, what they were wearing. The brief so keep a diary, keep a diary. That's the Basically, important thing. Basically, yeah, because yeah. if it gets to the stage where you have to go in and make statements with the guards, like, I, I should have done that sooner because I had lost some dates and times. And if you don't know your dates and times and your information, that doesn't get accounted for. Like, when I seen some articles come out saying that I've been stalked for a number of weeks, when in fact, basically could have gone on for two years, you know, it's probably because I wasn't organised enough and I wasn't keeping my information yeah. Organized. So I think that's the main thing. Obviously, if there's any threat, threats or anything like that, to take them very seriously and do report to Gardaí. 
um, I think Would well. you advise to take photographs, for example, if you're seeing somebody hanging around your job or hanging around yeah. your apartment or whatever, take photographs? Is that, is that yeah, important? Yeah, exactly. Just to timeline it and to have the evidence. And if they're texting you or attending you that instead of blocking them, or if you want to block them, just maybe first take screenshots, have the evidence there because, mm-hmm. you know, you will need that. Of course, the evidence is vital yeah. when it comes to the situation. When you went to court, by the way, um, I, I, I'm not too sure, but did he plead guilty or not guilty? He pleaded guilty, did he? He pleaded guilty, yeah. Okay, so there was well, there was no need for you to be there? No. I mean, it went on for over a year, and I had stuff in court, up to the high court. Mm-hmm. He showed no remorse. He was smiling at me from across the courtroom. Right. Um, like, it's so re-traumatising for victims to have to go through that. Like, the whole court system needs an uphold, but that's the whole conversation for another day. But yeah. Then, yeah, just the whole... The court system is nearly as bad as the experience. And and what was what was his defense? I'm assuming he had a defense team of some description to try to mitigate his sentence. Did they, they give a reason why he did this? Did they try to give some sort of reason um, as to why? He just was saying that he wants to talk to me. Huh. Something like that. Yeah, well, it's easier ways to know. talk to somebody. I have to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Eve, listen, I'm really sorry you went through that in your life and hopefully you can put it behind you now, although I know you're probably thinking to yourself now that his release date is in 2023 and I don't know how that makes you feel thinking about Is that something you're thinking about every night now? Well, absolutely. Like, there's no safety planning procedures in place here like they would have in other countries. I don't know. Do I have to hide out then for the rest of my life when I have kids? Do I have to worry about if he's going to pop up again? Because, I mean, will he you know, have, when he comes out of jail in 2023, which is, it's only a couple of years away, really. Uh, when he comes out of jail, will he have some sort of, uh, will you have some sort of protection order? Will he have some sort of, um, I don't know, uh, I an order on him? No contact. I have a five-year no contact order. Right, okay. So if he's caught even close to you within five years, you can report him straight away again? Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's yeah. something, I suppose, isn't it? Something, I suppose. yeah. A little bit of peace of mind. But yeah, yeah, that's why this is getting this legislation in. It's so important. And I just ask everyone to take two seconds and sign our petition. It's on our website and all our social media as well. Just underneath our bios on the the homepage of the website. We had our 10,000 signature mark there the last day. So we're delighted with that. But the more the better because we need the public support on this. Because you never know when it could be you or someone you know. Absolutely. yeah. And to be uh, uh, for total transparency, by the way, this men and women, it can happen to men and women, it can happen to yeah, both of us. Yeah, in England, the yeah. studies show one in five women will experience it in their lifetime and one in ten men. Yeah. Okay, so absolutely. So listen, if you want to sign the petition, I'll put a link, by the way, on the Niall Boylan Twitter account as well. If you go to the show Twitter account or my own personal Twitter account there, uh, go on to it or onto our Facebook page, we'll put a link there as well. Or you can go to stalking.ie as well and there's a link there as well and you can uh, sign that petition as well uh, for legislation. I think it's badly needed legislation. Listen, thank you very much indeed for sharing your story, Eve. And I hope a lot of people listening today maybe took something from it. Thank you very much indeed. Appreciate it. Thanks Uh, very much. There you go, Eve McDell. What a very brave woman. Went through a very difficult time. Uh, clearly was a very deranged individual who is now in jail. And uh, unfortunately will be out of jail in 2023. Well, unfortunately, certainly for Eve as well, because I'm sure she's very worried about that, as many people would be in that situation. But there certainly should be legislation to deal with it. And it's obviously at the extreme. You know what I mean? And it certainly is at the extreme, and I understand that. But, you know, when somebody is harassing you or somebody is stalking you and the Public Order Act is not capable of dealing with that, which it clearly isn't. There has to be legislation in place to give the guards the power to do something for early intervention. It didn't have to come to this, Freeve. I mean, if the guards had the power to do something before that, it got to that point where he walked in the door with a hammer. 
literally going to kill somebody. I mean, that would have been much better for everybody. At the moment she noticed it started getting weird, at the moment she noticed it started getting dangerous. You know, for example, when he was in that bar and said he was her boyfriend, they're the times that you notice these things are getting dangerous. That's when you should be able to report it to the guards. That's when the guards should be able to go and talk to this individual and say, well, look, we're getting an order on you that you can't go near that person anymore. And if you do, you're going to jail. That's the way that should happen. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.